Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, Chicago, what do you say? It's the CHGO Cubs podcast, and it is not just another day. It is Let's Pod 2. We'll have post game tonight for you, but today, a special, special day in the history of CHGO Cubs. I'm Luke Stuckmar, Ryan Herrera, Cody Del Mendo, and you might know him. You might. You definitely know him. Huh? 2016 <laughs> World Series MVP, Ben Zobris. Wow. This is the greatest day of our lives. <laughs> what a Welcome. moment. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you for having me, guys. I'm really excited to be here with you. I really am. So this, cool. is, this is really cool for us. Uh, we appreciate you stopping in the studio. First of all, we're going to talk about what you've been doing and what you have going on, which is exciting coming up uh, in the next couple of days right here in Chicago. And uh, how you're, you're giving back to the community after baseball, right? But still staying involved in baseball a bit. We, of course, want to talk to you about the World Series. Absolutely. And maybe just a little bit about the 2023 Cubs who have aspirations of the World Series. Yes. The live YouTube chat is the way to experience the CHGO Cubs group, we like to call us. Uh, we're a family. Look at all these people joining the live YouTube chat. Uh, make sure you subscribe to CHGO Sports live YouTube page. Uh, and if you're listening to this in podcast form, make sure you give the thumbs up. And by the way, give a, give a thumbs up and a like for Ben Zobrist. What else do you want on a Thursday morning but a coffee with Ben Zobrist? This is special. All right. So, Ben. Yes. It's been about four years, right, since we've seen you. And now you're People were always wondering, is Ben going to go in? Is Zobris going into managing? Is, is Zobris going to go into the front office? Is Zobris going to take over the franchise? <laughs> you're giving back in a different way. You're going to give back. You're trying a mental health capacity. Tell us about, about your nonprofit. Yeah, so uh, a little transition time for me in the last four or five years was, you know, obviously retired in 19 and you know, COVID happened. Everybody experienced the craziness of that. I got to actually spend time with my kids, chill out, which was fantastic to really just um, be where I live in Nashville and enjoy that. But as I started journeying over the next few years, uh, joined a few mental health organizations on, on boards and really started getting interested in how do the emotional and mental skills that I learned while I played to perform well on the field, how do you actually do a, a good job of, of taking those things into regular life um, and and become a better leader using some of those skills. And so I was like, if I want to do that in baseball, you know, could I, do I want to do that at the pro level? Do I want to coach? Do I want to try to 
manage or something like that. And I realized travel wise, didn't really want to do that. Um, I wanted to be with my kids, you know, uh, and watch them grow and, and do their thing. And so that just led me into, well, I mean, I need to do this with the youth sports culture. I mean, the youth mm -hmm. sports culture really needs a healthier way to experience this, especially with the NIL stuff and all the craziness that's going on in youth travel baseball, but also travel every other kind of sport. And so that's kind of where I want to make my mark uh, this next season of life. And, and hopefully, you know, we can make some changes in the game of baseball in regard to some of those things, too. Who did that for you as, as a kid growing up when you were 10, 11, 12? Who, who was that person for you or did that not exist? Well, it was my dad. I mean, obviously, your parents have a huge make a, make a huge mark on you as a young person or any of your caretakers. Like some for some people, it wasn't a parent. It might have been a, a an aunt, uncle, a grandparent, a coach. Um, so we realized if we want to work with young athletes, we really have to work with the parents, the family unit and the coaches, particularly because young athletes need uh, guidance. I, my, my dad really taught me mental, mental toughness and things like that on the field, as a lot of parents in that generation did. He was a military guy, so he learned a lot of mental toughness. So that, that helped me in a lot of ways to perform really well on the field. But then you start dealing with all, like we didn't know how to deal with the fame and the fortune mm -hmm. and the craziness that came after 2016. 2015 and 16, two years in a row, winning the World Series was like, so much coming at you and I think now with kids having money thrown at them at such a young age and families trying to figure out how mm -hmm. do we navigate this whole world we have to do that in a healthy way and not just for mental health sake because anxiety and depression is rampant after COVID all that craziness oh, yeah. but not just for mental health but also just how do you become the best version of yourself on the field and off the field and and uh, that led me into a lot of emotional skill work mm -hmm. emotional uh, health work and and really fully fully into the mental health world of sports. How do you how do we do that better? So with, that's what we're working on. With all that, um, you know, the last few years, just renewed focus on mental health in in all areas of life, but yeah. particularly pro sports. How have you you know whether that was during your playing career and the years after? How did you see that evolve and the emphasis be placed on that when that may not have been the case before? Well, we had guys like Joe Madden brought in Ken Revisa who was kind of the, the godfather of uh, baseball sports psychology. I mean, technically he was, he was more of a coach than a psychologist, uh, but Ken developed, helped us develop a lot of things. A guy named John Elliott, Doc Elliott, who came out of Rice University, was a guy that uh, I worked with, um, read his book, Overachievement. That made a huge mark on me as a young player, trying to figure out how to deal with the pressure to perform and and all that, uh, but it was all mostly focused on the performance on the field. But it was like, how do you transition into being, you know, you're trying to be a hero on a regular basis out there for your team and for your city, but how do you then transition back to being human mm -hmm. um, off the field and all the different roles that you have to play? So I think uh, you know that, that was something that felt like there is some mental health services that are, you know, there's a thing called EAP, employee assistance that we had available to us, but I, w I wanted to kind of fill the gap of what do you do between just feeling stress on the field and feeling like a true mental health challenge off the field. There's got to be some in between there. We've got to find a make, basically make a bridge to, to experience that together as a unit. You know, you didn't have any college offers, you know, after high school. So I'm curious to how the mental health side of just, you know, staying focused and trying to get to where you ended up getting, how that how that affected you and how that's helped you now or you know 
helped you moving forward? Well, one of the things that you have to do as an athlete, especially when you're rising up the ranks, is you've got to uh, do your job and do it well. And I was always good at working hard. I learned, like I said, mental toughness. I learned how to deal with like tough things that came at me on the field by getting to the next moment, staying present. That's one of the things Joe, Joe Madden talked about a lot is how do you stay in the moment, stay present? And you can't be thinking about like, oh, it's been 108 years since this <laughs> curse has been broken. I can't be thinking about that while I'm out on the field trying to do my job. So to stay focused and stay really detailed uh, of what you're working on is phenomenal. But if you don't actually go back, if you experience a high, a really high high and a low low on the field, if you don't go back and try to take a breather, take a rest and kind of what did I just go through? Um, and, and I think... I think I wish I would have been able to do some of those things during my career a little bit more instead of just moving to the next moment. So, so as a young player, I was able to move to the next moment, but over time that compounds. And I think nowadays for kids, there's so much being thrown at them and even families, there's so much being thrown at them that uh, I don't know that our systems were made to, to really deal with all of that success and failure, the rankings, the, the money, all that stuff at such a young age. Um, we've got to help give these kids and families and coaches the tools that they need to really uh, thrive in that atmosphere, right? And not just just feel the pressure. It seems like the fact that you didn't have any college offers and you had to, you know, really work hard, like you said, mm -hmm. in a way, it just benefited you because you just had this drive. I think you're you're exactly right. Uh, I I didn't worry about that because I was I was just playing for the next time I got to play. You know, yeah. I was like, well, you know, maybe I'll play one more year and then that'll be it. I thought, I thought after high school, I was done playing. So then to play college, I was like, this is amazing. I had to play college. <laughs> and it was like, a, I'm getting a college scholarship to do this. And then I never thought, well, I'm going to play pro ball. And then when I got to pro ball, it's like, well, let me see if I can just make it to the mm -hmm. to single A, make it to double A, make mm -hmm. it to triple A. And then the next thing I know, I find myself because I'm focusing on a daily daily grind, I find myself like in a place I never thought I would be. Um, and with a career I never thought I would have. Totally. My totally. cousin runs USA Gymnastics. And so he dealt with Simone Biles, mental health, right? Mm -hmm. It became a international story. So that's, that's like at the very high level, what you guys are dealing with in 2016, very high level, but what you're doing this weekend and in some of these programs, it sounds like is you're reaching out to everybody. What about me? The guy that sucked in high school and couldn't hit a curveball and had to deal with that and you know what I took up tennis yeah, is the way yeah. I decided to go yeah. about it all state but, bullpen catcher right here right so so how does this apply to the everyday Joe or the kid that just might be an average athlete in addition to Ben Zobrist and Simone Biles well I would ask you this question are you experiencing the sport that you love in the way that you really want to experience it Yes. Because so many people, I think, are, love the game and they experience mm -hmm. it, but then they're pulling their hair out at the end of the day when things don't work <laughs> out the way they want them to. Sure. And they end up feeling so stressed about things because they're having a bad season or their team's having a bad season or they're just you're experiencing the emotion as if you're out there playing, even though you're not. Right. Because that's what a great fan is doing. And so I think until we all do our own internal work around that. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm not I'm not calling you out here, but it's like <laughs> it's like we all have to 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 figure out, is this the experience I really want to be having um, around the sport? Well, I mean, what you're saying is this might be good for all of us just as fans. Like in 2016, I'm I'm reporting 
And so I'm handling that job, but I'm also inside as a fan, like Dexter Fowler just hit a home run to lead off the world series, <laughs> you know, and I, I can't show that side. Yeah. So fans go through it. And we were just talking about this in the chat. Somebody said, Hey, this team this year is the most fun team since 2015, where there were no expectations going into the year. 2016 for that person was nothing but Tums because they were so <laughs> nervous. Everything was going great. And then you get to the postseason. So how do you balance that? I am having fun, but I want to get to the finish line too. Like yeah, that's yeah. the fine line. Well, yeah. I mean, because we love to win, don't we? Yeah. We, we love to, we love that tension to a certain degree of like what's going to happen. Right. We, we thrive on that drama at times. That's what makes sports so much fun. I also think that when it starts leaking into, hey, I can't do my work right now because I'm so tense with what's going on with my team. Like, that's a problem. Like, it's just just as obviously it was a problem for us on the field. If we're going to let what we're thinking about the game affect what we're doing, the job that we're doing. Mm -hmm. But I mean, the same thing happens for fans. Right. I mean, you're, you, you might be struggling with a bad loss or or even a success that that you're not able to function and that's honestly what happens with young athletes too right ultimately they have school to do they have other parts of their life that are really important to them but sometimes the sport itself overwhelms everything else because you're so emotionally tied to it and if you don't have some tools to like learn how to like re reorder your thinking reprioritize at times it, it can it can be unhealthy you know and and just not give you leave you not having the experience you really want to be having around the passion that you have yeah this this applies to everyday life right all the mental health stuff does whether it's a, maybe it's not even an athlete maybe it's a kid that's trying to get into a school that's at the top of their wish list for college and they're trying to get there but the ACT and the SAT are too much to handle these same skills apply so Saturday you're going to be at the Jason Hayward Complex, is yeah, that right? Jason Hayward's Baseball Academy inside of Intentional Sports Facility here in West Chicago. I mean, it's a fantastic facility. The mm -hmm. people that run it are doing a great job, and we're, we're really excited to partner with them and offer this. For This is our first ever live event. It's called, I think, a master class, but look, look I'm not a master at this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm still learning just like everybody else. I have kids in sports, and, I mean, I get emotional about that too. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's really a workshop of here's some of the tools and the skills that I've learned over the last several years, combined with some of my experience of playing on the field and knowing how to how to avoid some of the craziness that you're feeling while you're playing so you can get the job done. But then also I, what I wish I would have known. There are certain things in my career that I did really, really well. And obviously I had a very successful career, but then did I experience everything the way that I wish I would have? No. The answer to that is no. And I think if I'd had some of these tools, especially as a young athlete coming into my sport as an elite athlete, I would have uh, probably enjoyed the whole experience a lot more than I did. But what if you enjoyed it and weren't the 2016 World Series MVP? And I wasn't. We like the, we like the way you did enjoy it. <laughs> Listen, I'm glad I had that too. But I think the reason why I was able to do that was for an even greater purpose in my life, which is going to be to help a lot of people off the field, right? And and ultimately, I think we all want to win. We want to win in life, but we want to feel purpose more than we want to win, you know, mm -hmm. because purpose is what makes you feel at the end of the day, like satisfied when you hit the pillow. That was so fun. It also gives you energy. 
and that's one of our main uh principles or, or pillars of what we're helping people achieve through some of the the work that we're going to do with them so with the i got it, it's at the jason hayward baseball academy yep um you're giving back jason hayward's giving back is that something you guys talked about when you were teammates about just how to give back and and how you'd like you to know, we didn't yeah. talk about that because we were so focused on winning <laughs> we, we were focused on doing what we needed to do as teammates but one thing that jay hay was so good at uh is paying attention to what everybody around him needed. Mm-hmm. And that's why he did what he did in game seven, calling that team meeting during the rain delay. I mean, it's, it's, it's one of the biggest moves I've ever seen of anybody uh, to, to, to really recognize what everybody around him needed and then to make it happen, even though he had feelings himself. You know, he had enough emotional intelligence at the time to know the way I'm feeling is not as important as the way collectively we need to we need to address this thing right here. And I think ultimately we all have bad days. Like you know, you, you're going to have times where you don't want to help somebody around you, um, but you have to recognize that and know like, hey, I might I might have a harder day today, but if I if I can go help somebody else and do something like this, then at the end of the day we're all going to win. We're all going to find a way to win. And that's what Hayward did at the time. He was that kind of guy which is why he ended up, I'm, I'm not surprised he was involved in building this facility. And it's why I wanna, I wanna give back in that way too. So that moment wasn't overhyped <clears throat> afterwards. You think that, that moment was everything? Underhyped. People, underhyped. Underhyped oh, wow. in my opinion. I mean, as a teammate, a guy sitting in the room, knowing how important that was to changing the internal mindset, because mm-hmm. that's what people don't see. We, you see what happens on the field, but what you don't see is the momentum the motivation, the mm-hmm. shift that's happening internally in a moment like that when somebody refocuses you on what you need, which is why the parents and the coaches are so important for a young athlete. They're the ones that help a young athlete refocus on what they need to. And if a parent isn't doing that or a caretaker isn't doing that, you could actually be the person that's foiling the focus that needs to happen for that young athlete, which is why we all got to do that work. All right, we're just touching. I, I don't know about the, you guys, but I, I could have used Jay Hay at my house that night. <laughs> <laughs> we all could have used Jay Hay at our house that yeah. night. <laughs> Every Cubs fan around the world could have used him as well as the team. Uh, we are talking to World Series MVP, former Cub Ben Zobrist right here on the CHGO Cubs podcast. Uh, hello to everybody in the live chat. It's been scrolling by so quickly that I haven't been able to Keep up with everybody that's there. If there are any questions out there, uh, see our guy, Matthew Gregory says, preach, Ben, preach. Uh, uh, Scott Crawford says, Zoe's hitting so close to home. My son, mental health was crippling when things went wrong until we worked through it. And together with a trainer, he looks up to has made such a difference. There you go. Which is that's awesome. that's, that's it right for. there. That's like you have the right coach, trainer, somebody else around you, plus a parent. I mean that was just, I'm sure so important in your in in Scott's son's life, right? Yeah, yeah. It really is all about the support system that you have. 100. Yeah. percent Okay, so we're going to talk about 2016. We're going to talk about the future Cubs, but I also want to tell you guys quickly about our friends at Ray Chevy. Are you in the market for a new or used vehicle? If you are, then we have some great news for you because Ray Chevy in Fox Lake has joined the CHGO team. We're talking to the team at Ray, and they have this pledge called the Ray Price Promise. It's a guarantee that the price you see online is the price you pay when you go into the dealership. Now, I found personally that in many cases, other dealers are going to raise the price on you when you come into the dealership, saying things like, are you a recent grad? Are you active in the military? Are you a farmer? 
<laughs> Most cases, and in my case, all cases, the answer is no. That's when other dealers raise the price on you, saying the price online is limited rebates and you no longer qualify. Well, at Ray, that's not the that's not the case. The price you see online is the price you pay. No add-ons to the price ever. Ever. In fact, Ray will do everything possible to find you additional savings for what might make the price even lower than what you see online. And after you get that new car, what do you go out and celebrate with? One answer, bacon. Bacon, bacon is the answer. Charlie the bacon <laughs> guy. Based out of Woodridge, Illinois, he makes craft bacon and bacon jams in over 30 different flavors. The product is always nitrite and nitrate free. Order lots of bacon. Order lots of bacon. It's vacuum sealed. Freeze is great. Bacon lasts about in a package 45 days in the fridge, six months in the freezer. Bacon jams last 60 days in the fridge, usually about 20 seconds in my house, and up to six months in the freezer. I can tell you that they have all kinds of flavors. They have maple pepper, French toast, chorizo, jardinera. The bacon jam goes perfectly on anything. And scrambled eggs, toast, crackers, burgers, grilled cheese. Charlie's favorite the spoon he'll deliver it to you or meet you halfway even ship it get the bacon on time he follow him on twitter at cz the bacon guy or instagram charlie the bacon guy just dm him i'm gonna tell you the truth last night the old bacon jam had never tried it was in the freezer my wife and i got the kids to bed and we're like all right we're making some healthy chicken wraps right we got a little grilled chicken there we've got some um what, what do you call those? Pickled onions. Oh, sure. Thinking, okay, we'll put some of the little uh, avocados on there. And I said, hey, what do you, what do you say we kick it up a notch? Should we, <laughs> should we pull out uh, Charlie it's, the Bacon Guy's awesome. jam tonight? It kicks everything up a notch. Bacon and, and my wife looked at me. It's she's different. like, I've had a bad day. Do it. <laughs> we went in there. We heated up this bacon jam. And the first bite, my wife, she goes, this is legit. Yeah, it was awesome. I had it on Saturday at a party. I brought some to a party. It was there you go. phenomenal. <laughs> we didn't try it on crackers yet. That's been recommended. No, I did, I did but ruffles. I am going to throw it on a hot dog at our tailgate this we weekend. Go. Let me tell you. Maybe we can uh, get Ben the hook hey, up. He's been, in, he's been in the office, so maybe we can help you. The out. only way to make that better is to be sitting in Ray's car while you're eating Charlie's bacon. <laughs> yeah. Why do you want a new car smell when you can have bacon smell? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, Absolutely. So we are sitting with Ben Zobrist, uh, former Chicago. Cub, um, longtime Major League Baseball player. Let's see, Tampa Bay, Oakland, Kansas City, Kansas City, yep. World Series, and then the Cubs. Um, how are how is each city different for you? I mean, I would assume obviously the Cubs are a totally different animal, especially being an Illinois guy. Yeah, but how are they each different? Just different parts of the country too. People are different, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Florida was a pretty relaxed vacation type of atmosphere. Uh, it was hard for us to get fans in the stadium, but the fans that were there were very loyal uh, and very um, into, especially when we won, like people were coming out. I mean, they were, they were, especially for the playoffs, but it was like even in August, you might be leading in first place, but still not getting a great draw at times, which was hard. Uh, and I think Tampa Bay's kind of been experiencing that a little bit this year as well. Uh, but overall, just, uh, different you know they were a different part of the country san francisco oakland the bay area uh <laughs> i mean those fans have been through it right mm -hmm. and now they're losing their team uh to vegas right and it's just it, i mean those fans those fans were even feeling it at the time i think uh you know but they're they were kind of like that they were considered the uh tampa bay was considered the the uh, Moneyball of the East Coast mm -hmm. at the yeah. time. 
right? So then I went to the actual Moneyball of the <laughs> Oakland A's. They were hoping we were going to end up being good. We had some injuries. We struggled at the start of the season. We ended up getting in last place. So then I go to the Midwest. Fans in the Midwest, <laughs> right? Uh, a smaller city. Kansas City doesn't have that many yeah. people. Not near as big as Chicago, right, as far as cities go. And those fans, like, just Kaufman Park is definitely uh, one of the most underrated stadiums in the entire league. And mm-hmm. especially being good in 15 and 16 like we were, they packed it out. I mean, they, it was the game in town at the time. And, like, I didn't experience the bad years in Kansas City like they've had where, you know, it was harder. to. I mean, I saw it at its finest, and that was an incredible experience. But then you go to the city of Chicago, which is one of the best cities in all of the nation. And I grew up in Illinois, right? So I just have this Midwest kid in me too that just really enjoys the underdog story and you got the Cubs that hadn't won for 108 years so it was like this I'm glad I experienced it the way that I did I'm really glad that I because it was like Tampa Bay was my first foray in the big leagues for me that felt amazing and I go to Oakland Moneyball struggled over there but I experienced the Moneyball then I got to go to Kansas City at the best possible time right experience mm-hmm. the best of Midwest small city you know, winning a World Series was f- phenomenal. And then you go to Chicago. And I'm just ex- I'm just glad that that was like the last experience. I had. If that had been the first, it would have made, yeah. <laughs> it yeah. would have kind of made some of the other experiences pale a little bit just because it was so huge. I mean, what, what was there, 6 million people at the parade? Yeah. It yeah. was nuts. Yeah. I believe you signed with the Cubs in early December of 15. So not that long after the season actually Very ended. Very close, yeah. What drew you to the north side of Chicago. What about that team? Was it the manager, Joe Madden? Like, what was the driving factor of, of you wanting to sign with that team? At yeah, that Joe was a big part of it. Joe and Dave Martinez, who's the bench coach, who's over in uh, D.C. now. Yeah, those guys, we came in Kansas City. We had a makeup game in September where we had to come back to Chicago just for one game. We lost on a – it was a walk-off home run by Donorfia, <laughs> if anybody remembers oh, yeah, that yeah. game, in 15. <laughs> I and the Cubs were, yeah. you know, you know, you, you the, it was a big year for the Cubs too in '15 yeah. to mm-hmm. to get to where they got to, uh, to lose to the Mets, but ultimately like it was a dream just getting there for them uh, at the time. And I knew looking at the young players, I was like, they're going to need some veteran guys. And for me, I was like, I think I would fit in chemistry wise really well. Joe and Davey were telling me that they're like, look, if you get to come here, if it's the right deal, you should, you absolutely need to do it. They were like. We need you. you. You know, you can help us take it over the top kind of a thing. And then when I saw them signing, you know, Hayward and Lackey and some of these other guys that had had won before, and Rossi was already there, Lester was already there. I'm like, combined with guys like Rizzo, Javi, KB, Schwarber, I mean, just all these young guys. And then Wilson ends up coming up, you know, the, some of the prospect guys that were coming up that year. It was uh, – I just looked at it as a veteran player at the time and said, if there's any chance to win, it's going to happen very soon for them. And I want to be a part of that. It was like, this is the championship that hasn't been won. This is the penultimate sports championship to win right now in, in all of sports. I mean, who, what other sports franchise can say they, they hadn't won in a hun- over 100 years at the time? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe there's something in Europe or whatever. That, <laughs> but not here in the U.S. That was the thing. Yeah. When I think about you in 2016 the outside of winning the world series all i can think about 
is you coming to the ballpark full dressed and uniform <laughs> on your bike or whatever. <laughs> how did like, how did that start? I kind of got the feeling you talked about coming to the Midwest, grow up in the Midwest. I feel like it's such a Midwest thing to do something like that. But uh, how, where did that idea come from? Well, Wrigley Field is the most special, the, the, the most special place in all of sports, in my opinion, just because you're po- it's popping into like now it's a little bit more developed around the ballpark but you're you can pop in from a street and just be walking down the street and you see the side of this big facade <laughs> of the stadium and you're like what is this <laughs> right and then you realize it's a major league franchise right there in this neighborhood right. in Wrigleyville well we lived a mile away in another neighborhood in north center okay. area yeah. right there and living that so close so close felt like i can ride my bike like i'm a kid going to a legion baseball game <laughs> i can ride my bike and as i rode past there was there's a some ball fields not far from there my, where my son played little league and i'm like how great would it be if if i put my uniform on like a kid ride my bike with my glove on the handle stop there and they're like hey that's a that's an actual cubs player yeah. and take some pictures have fun with it call it sandlot day whatever you want to call it and then ride my the rest of the way and i did it the day after we clinched so i knew look it doesn't really matter if i cause a little buzz it's i'm not i don't think i was even playing that day so i was like this is the perfect time to do it you know it was kind of a relaxed game based on the fact that we were already in the playoffs and they were going to not not play a lot of us starters so i was like that's how it started and i did it <laughs> every September for one day after that, you know, and end up being on a baseball card and whatever. Yeah. Not. It was really, it was really fun. Yeah. That's so you, you did enjoy the experience at times and take time to in the middle of getting ready for the biggest postseason Chicago, whatever, see to do things like that. Um, the super chat, we have a couple of them, right. That I want to read real quick. Uh, our guy, Mike dubs, $10 says, what was your emotion or thoughts when you had the double in the 10th inning? <laughs> oh, man. Well, when I hit the ball, uh, I remember seeing it go past a diving Ramirez glove. And when I saw that it wasn't going in his glove, I honestly, my mind blanked. I mean, I think I was just operating on years and years of what to do next. Because yeah. my mind blanked on rounding first. I don't remember rounding first. I don't remember anything I saw there. I, until I was about 10 feet from second base, and I knew that it was a stand-up double, and I like did the jump and pump, Helmet and I was off. just like, "What just I, like in Rizzo my mind? I'm thinking, base, like, what just happened?" Mind. And I look over at Rizzo, and he's going, oh, you know, like, <laughs> and, and I just, I just, I, I had chills, I had complete yeah. chills. I'm like, that was the biggest moment. I just knew at the moment. I was like, that's the biggest moment of my career. Is it loud or is it silent? Because in the movies, it's almost silent. It is absolutely silent. Really? When, you're, when, when I'm focused on what I need to be focused on, I don't hear anything else. And then I hit the ball, silence, 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 until I, like I said, 10 feet from the base. And then it was everything. It was like from nothing to everything. And that's, it's just, it's amazing how filmmakers can really do that. By the way, I think there needs to be a film made on that season, game seven, <laughs> yes. whatever. I'm still waiting. I mean, it needs to happen. Um, Bill Murray doesn't have many days left. Let's go, Bill. <laughs> like he, he, he needs to be in this movie. Oh, 100%. I, I thought that the other day I was watching Winning Time on yeah. HBO about the Lakers dynasty, and I was like, this is great and all, but this is not the 2016 Cubs. You, you want to start back earlier in Cubs disappointments and lead your way up to 2016. That's 
that's the script for Hollywood. Somebody's going to do it. I mean, who should play you in the movie? Uh, that's a, I, I don't, I have no idea. Come on, just say Brad Pitt. That's what <laughs> we all say. And Brad Pitt Brad, would be good. Brad Pitt, I've, right. it's not that. Casey Bond. Casey, Casey Bond is a friend of mine who's an actor. Okay. Maybe he, he can do it. Or, or, yeah. Yeah, we'll just, we'll stick with Casey on that one. <laughs> Shout out to Casey. Uh, more super chats. Uh, Chris says, what's up, fellas? Joined late, but love the show. Going to be filling my ears with CHGO pods because I'm in the middle of a drive to Chicago from Fort Worth. Nine hours to go. Wow. Do you guys think Friday or Saturday will be a better game? Well, you're going to so be there here. this weekend, aren't uh, you? Yeah, I heard I'll you're throwing there. out the first pitch. First tomorrow. pitch on yeah, Friday? Friday, but I'll be at the game Saturday, too, just to watch. So nice. I, don't, I don't know who's pitching. Who's pitching those yeah, games? Friday tomorrow? It's Assad yeah, today. Yeah, Javier Assad. Or, okay, yeah. Assad the today, today, Tyone maybe Friday, and then they're, they're, I can't remember the rotation, but I know they're going. What about got to be Steele again, isn't it? What about on the other side? I don't know. I don't know, but the Diamondbacks are bringing And we don't worry about the other team. We yeah. don't worry about the other team. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It's all about what we do. <laughs> See, now that's what we as players are always thinking about. Who's pitching? Who are we facing? You know, if I was a position player, I'm like, who are we facing? Yeah. I always believed in our guys on the mound. Like, oh, great. Well, you know, we got this guy going or that guy going. It's like, now what's the other guy? How's he been pitching? Mm-hmm. Because that, that matters in all your prep <clears throat> and scouting and all that stuff. You're thinking about all that. Here we go. We got... Tyone tomorrow versus Zach Gallen. That's that's Ooh, that's okay. gonna be a tough well, one. A, yeah, and Saturday Steele versus Merrill Kelly. All right, another okay. another tough one. So yeah, and Kelly's a good veteran guy now too. <laughs> He's got they repertoire. Those are gonna be challenging yeah. games. But hey, let's get the wind blowing out a little bit. Ooh, you know, get some balls in the air. Yeah, let's see let's see some runs scored. So I had a question based on something that Luke said. So that 2016, you know, the expectations and the pressure. It's like not, and that wasn't just in that game seven or even that World Series. Like it was the year everyone kind of expected the Cubs to Opening win the day. World Series, right? Opening yeah. day. That's, I get you mentioned 108 years. Like that's a lot of pressure just from the jump of not only winning the World Series, you know, going from opening day to winning the World Series, but going from opening day to winning the World Series on the biggest cursed team in the history of North American sports. How did you guys, if you felt the pressure, how did you guys handle that throughout that season? Yeah, well, you you had we had really smart dudes in the front office, and you know Theo and Jed and those guys that put that team together. They knew it was the right mix, but then you also have a, have to have a guy like Joe Madden that can help frame up what's happening when we show up because we all knew we were going to be good. But some teams like the Mets look at the Mets this year. You know they thought they were going to be really good, and what happened? It was a really bad year for them. And I. I feel like Joe did a great job of saying the embrace the target early on. It's like, this is what's happening. We are the target. People are going to want to beat us. Let's embrace that early on. Know that we're the team to beat and let's live it out. Right. And so we, we, we were focused from the moment, the jump, knowing we are the team to beat, believing that before we ever left spring training, we're the team to beat. And then you have to see it play out though. The first few weeks, month, you need to see some good things happen. And we started out well that year. That was very important to know we're in first place the entire season. Mm-hmm. Still doesn't change how well, how things flip in the postseason. You know, it could flip really quickly in the postseason, but just to know and believe early on that we were the best team in the division and we let that play out. We had a really bad swoon in June yeah. before the yeah. All-Star break. Yeah. Uh, and Joe was like, hey, look, guys, this was bound to happen. This is part of a season kind of kept the, the, the focus on, like, I know people are worried. We've lost some games in the standings. 
listen, go, go take a break, rest. And the other thing Joe was really good at too is creating fun in the midst of like those losing streaks. Mm-hmm. So that's when he would really pour on the dress up days. You know, if you guys remember those days. <laughs> yeah, we, we, I think I still have like a closet full of costumes <laughs> uh, with all the stuff, the Joe Madden special travel days that we did. And those types of things broke up the the seriousness and the weight of losing streaks and things like that, which are really important to, to refocus, you know, say, hey, look, let's have fun. This is even though we're getting paid a lot of money for this and we all, you know, there's a lot of people that care that we've been losing and we need to change it. Yes. And we got to have fun because you don't change those streaks around by putting more pressure on yourself. Everybody, everybody's trying their hardest, especially mm-hmm. at that level. They're, they're given their all. It's the question is, can you rebalance things when, when things are mentally and physically just not going in the right direction? Never let the pressure exceed the pleasure. There you go. I have a belief. I know Joe took a lot of grief from fan bases all over the world about some moves that were made <laughs> late in, in the series and in, the, in Game 7. I believe... And I'm curious what you, how you feel as a player and the MVP on that team in the World Series. I believe that as great as the players were and they were the right group, I believe that without Joe Madden as the manager, it might not have happened. Because, because of the pressure that you're talking about, everything that you're talking going, I feel like at that, at that time, he was the perfect manager for that group. I 100% agree with you. And, and, the reason is one of the things I was just telling somebody about this this morning. One of the things that made Joe perfect for that team is he was able to take the the pressure out of the room, and uh, especially for young players. And when you need young players to really perform well in a place like Chicago, right? I mean, it's a fantastic sports town. Uh, you know, you can put Chicago, Boston, New York, LA in the same category of like. Hey, these are storied places of franchise championship, franchise lore, and there's a lot of pressure to win. Even though the Cubs at the time were still considered lovable losers, right? You know, and we're everybody's trying to figure out how are they ever going to get past this moment of the curse. We still like with that pressure. Joe's like these young guys need to know that they can just be themselves out there, and he was 100% the guy at the time. Mm-hmm. To make it happen. And, but I think you could say that also about some of the key players mm-hmm. on that team. Including um, him. Yeah. <laughs> you, you were I wasn't thinking, I was thinking of more I, like, no, even a guy I'm like, saying, including even him. a guy like mm-hmm. David Ross, who's yeah. the manager yeah. now. Yeah. David, even though he didn't play that much that year, when he did play and the voice that he had in the clubhouse and the way that he was the captain of that team and also... You know, the, the KB Rizzo play on Grandpa Rossi that year. There were so many things about just each of those pieces of the, the puzzle that year that were really important. Yeah. Um, so when you arrived and we were coming up the elevator, we kind of talked about, I mentioned that I grew up in central Illinois, and obviously you're from Eureka. We got the Eureka bobblehead. Uh, <laughs> one of the moments during the World Series that I feel like no one here in Chicago even, even realized except for people who lived in Peoria or Central Illinois, was in game two when you got that hit off Zach McAllister. Uh, mm-hmm. I think you guys took the lead in that moment. I, you guys won that game, so <laughs> I, whatever. Uh, I'll, I, all I know is when I lived in Peoria during 16, 
after you guys won, I know you ended up doing like a baseball camp with him. Yeah. Like yeah, a month that. after something like that. Yeah. I'm curious to how that conversation you had with him after the World Series perhaps oh, went. Well, you know, Zach's such a good dude and, you know, a, a Midwest kid as well. And we grew up in the same area and, mm -hmm. and what a talented pitcher he is. And now he's still pitching. Like now he's in the sidearm game, I believe, like he's down here. But at the time he was like an over-the-top, yeah. hard-throwing dude that – you know, the ball just jumped. Like, it was hard to get on top of that ball. And I knew, look, I've got to catch up to it. I've got to get out in front of it. i got to get up above it. was able to get a big hit off of him in that moment. But but going into after we had won and, and all the experience, you know, obviously it wasn't his favorite moment. <laughs> yeah. But we, we had been teaming up on this uh, camp we, uh, clinic we had been doing in Peoria for years up to mm -hmm. that point. He was always really gracious with his time. I knew what kind of a good guy he was, and I knew he was going to handle it with grace. Mm -hmm. And he did. You know, it did, wasn't surprising to me the way that he handled it. Uh, but it uh, it is uncomfortable. You're like, <laughs> oh, man, I almost want to say sorry, not sorry. <laughs> you know, like, I'm glad we won, and I'm glad I got – but also, man, I wish it would have been somebody else instead of you because you're such a great dude. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, that's just – you deal with those tensions whenever you're playing against a friend. Right. Yeah, I, I – I didn't think that, or I wasn't trying to say that maybe there might have been any tension or anything, but it was just for someone who grew up and lived in central Illinois his entire life yeah. to see like that moment actually come together, even though it was, you know, probably a moment when people think back to the world series, it's probably near the bottom of the list because of game seven and game six, game five, so many incredible moments for Cubs fans. Like I, when I think about your part in the world series, I always think about that just because at the time, everyone, like a lot of fans, obviously, where I lived, were either rooting for you because they were a Cubs fan or they just liked you because they lived around Eureka. Yeah. And then McAllister being from Chillicothe, either I felt like it was either people who just hated the Cubs or, you know, were a fan of him. So, oh, yeah. Was, I mean, the was, Peoria area was watching, especially I know some of our friends and, and, people that were involved in that clinic were like watching with bated breath. Oh my gosh, you know, Ben is facing, yeah. you know, Zach at the time. It was just, it was a neat moment, Re definitely a neat moment. And, you know, if he just struck me out, I hope I would have handled it with as, just as much grace as he handled it well, with. Well, you never, right. I guess we'll never know, right? Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll never, thankfully, Good we'll thing we don't have know. to know. Cody, tell us about uh, Sunnyside Cannabis Dispensary. I'm sure Ben wants to know plenty about it. Sunnyside <laughs> is your home for judgment-free cannabis shopping, a place where all kinds of visitors are welcome to explore, discover, and purchase a wide array of high-quality products. Sunnyside has everything you need to elevate your football season. No matter where you are on your cannabis journey, easy online ordering and in-store pickup, great transparent loyalty program. Sunnyside rewards some of the uh, house of brands. The some of the favorites that are out there include Mindy's, the best tasting gummy and chocolate edibles, created by James Beard Award-winning chef Mindy Siegel and Cresco Labs. Good news, Cresco High Supply, Wonder, and a lot more through October fifteenth. Head to sunnyside.shop and use code CHGO25 at checkout for 25% off your total order. One use per customer, not stackable with other promotions. That's not only for new customers. Anyone can use our code. Pick up everything you need to elevate your summer. Must be 21 plus or an Illinois MedCard holder. And afterwards, go ahead and get yourself a CHGO diehard membership. Ben doesn't know about this yet, but we're going to tell him about it. <laughs> Here at CHGO, we have memberships. And... You can go ahead and go to allchgo.com. When you sign up for a membership, 
That membership is for a year long. You get all of Ryan's content from the press box at Wrigley Field. You get 20% off all year long our events. For instance, Ben, we've got a huge tailgate coming on, on Sunday. If you're still around on Sunday, please join us for the Bears tailgate. Green Bay Bears sucks. Bears Packers. It's, it's uh, a big one. Bears Packers. We load it up. All the Goose Island and Firewater Barbecue people can drink, and we have a good time. Uh, got a new location. Wabash and what is it? Wabash and what? Cermak. Cermak. Cermak, yeah. Uh, you get a free shirt when you sign up from our dope merch locker. Wearing one right here. Uh, get your choice. Got lots of uh, sick drip, as the kids say. Uh, there's the members-only Discord where you can join in and ask questions to different people. Fellow Cubs fans, don't miss the tailgate on Sunday. I'm telling you. Wabash, Cermak, all you can handle, food and beverage. Good times. Good times. Ben, I don't know if you know this, but the word around here is vibes. That's a word I've learned in the last year and a half. Everything is a vibe. I like vibes. 2016 was a vibe. It was. CHGO <laughs> is now a vibe. Having Ben Zobrist on the show is a vibe. Has Big been time a vibe. vibe. Yeah. <laughs> we are vibing, is one uh, Boy, we have more super chats. What's Darren Johnson saying? I can't see it down there, Law. Cody, can, you, can anybody uh, read can that read from it. where they're at? Question for Ben. Aside from winning the World Series, what did you enjoy most about playing for the Cubs? Also want to say thanks to CSO Cubs team and Zoe. Really special show, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank, you, yeah. no, thank you to him. So, Yeah. Well, I, I would say there is, even if we hadn't have won, if we had had a rough season, I think there's something really special about playing at Wrigley Field. There is a feel when you're standing down on the field with a day game, you know, you got the capacity crowd and, and people are just enjoying themselves. They're enjoying the game. They're enjoying, there's nothing like that baseball feel that like it transcends time. It transcends like the old eras to the modern era and all that. It's just, it's like the cathedral of baseball, in my opinion. Uh, Ryan Sandberg described it once as walking onto the field and seeing nothing but green before the jumbotrons. And I think that is true. <laughs> like just visually, it's a different looking ballpark than anything else out there there's a lot of cool new stadiums but wrigley field is all by itself as a special location so 2023 now we're we're with the cubs here and i'm thinking a couple things one i wish more players would wear the black spikes like ben used to i don't know why we don't see more black spikes i was hoping you were going to wear them in here today i thought (laughs) i almost wore i got the pf flyers with me i'm gonna wear those when i throw out the first pitch oh really oh yeah yeah the the black pf flyers okay very nice um so a couple things we want to ask you about the 2023 Cubs. You are the ultimate utility Swiss Army knife player in the history of baseball, in my eyes. Like, you did it to a level, obviously, World Series MVP, you did it to a level that nobody else was doing it at. It's not an easy job bouncing around, playing this position, this position, and, and you didn't play them, you excelled at them. Now Christopher Morell is a guy who's on this roster, and we talked about him all season long. He's got this crazy power. He's got this crazy athletic ability. But the first three quarters of the season, they weren't sure where to play him. So you'd see him at third one day. Then you'd see him in right field. You'd see him in center field. You'd see him at second base. Left field. He could play all of them. How difficult is that for a player, and how difficult would it be for a player at a young – would you have advice for him as a young player to, like, this is – this is how I would approach it because yeah. I've been through it. Uh, there's definitely, uh, there's a lot of challenges that come with it, especially when you're talking about, like they, there's cards that, that have, uh, you know, the scouting of this, this player that's batting, you need to play him in this position and you mm-hmm. got to be moving around at all times. And if you're in the outfield, 
you're watching a coach that's moving you around and and you got to be paying attention to who's you know what's going on in different positions on the field and that's all on top of trying to get your hitting stuff correct right so it's a special player that can bounce between different positions and different you know like hitting to fielding to to pinch hitting to DHing you know nowadays in the National League I and mean, there's a lot of different things that go on with that I think a guy has to have the right, have the right mindset of no this is going to make me more valuable for the team and more valuable as an individual player if they have any like block from that that says well I'm not going to be as good if I'm pulled in all these different directions then they're probably not going to be as good mm-hmm. uh, in doing all that so it, it's a mindset thing but it's also you got to be comfortable being uncomfortable yeah. So I would t- I would tell him, hey, do all the prep work that you feel like you need to do that makes you know, I got this. Like, I can play this position just as well as any other guy. If you have any doubt going into that position that you can't do it uh, or that you have to do it like, like a gold glover, you got to let go of that. It's like, do it the way that Chris Morrell plays the position best. And if he can grasp that and and feel confident about that, He's going to just get better over time, you know, in my opinion. But some guys, it's more of a feel, and they can't get past the uncomfortable feeling. Yeah. Um, you know, and you just those – are, those are guys that you, you really want to make sure that they're feeling right. Yeah. I'm curious. So kind of connecting 16 and 20, 23 is obviously David Ross. Um, he's polarizing based on every decision that he makes in game <laughs> or every lineup that he sets out there, whatever, like any manager is. Um, but I'm curious, in 16, being around him, I mean, could you guys tell this guy was going to be a future manager? And if so, like, what what stood out as, like, this guy could be a manager someday? Absolutely, we could tell that this guy has not just the baseball acumen, but the ability to manage different personalities around him. Mm-hmm. And he's comfortable in his own skin. That's one thing that it's hard to be uh, <clears throat> in a clubhouse is know who you are where you fit but not let that like he wasn't going to be an everyday player but that didn't mean that he didn't feel like his personality couldn't be one of the strongest in the clubhouse he always had a strong personality he always was able to uh laugh with this guy joke with this guy have a serious conversation with this guy he could bounce to different personalities and different needs and that's what a manager really is managing different personalities in a lot of ways and also media you know, that's a big part of the job that, you know, I'm sure is frustrating to a lot of managers. And he was well-spoken. You knew that he could handle some of that stuff really well. Uh, but ultimately, it, it comes down to being able to have emotional intelligence. And I think the guys that you recognize, I didn't really recognize that's what it was at the time. But you're going, everybody likes this guy. Uh, doesn't mean he doesn't say anything that doesn't make you upset. But, but you like the fact that he... He's going to challenge you when he needs to challenge you, but he's also going to pat you on the butt when he needs to do that. You know, he could do both, and you respected every bit of what he was doing. So that's, it's just a unique skill set that's really a soft skill. It's less of of a hard baseball skill that you learn, and it was just knowing how to work with pitching staff, but also knowing how to talk to a hitter. And he just, every part of the game, there was nothing that he he didn't uh, converse well about. Uh, and, and you just knew this guy's going to be a pro. And then on top of that, you saw the way he handled everything socially. Uh, and then all the kind of going from the Grandpa Rossi stuff into I want to manage and the Cubs giving him that opportunity. 
I just knew he's going to be a fantastic one. It takes time, you know, and, and things have to go well, at, you know, in that position. But he's he is the guy, in my opinion, to 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 get the team to the next level if anybody's going to do it right now. We've talked a lot about hard work and all this type of stuff. And yesterday, the Cubs nominated Nico Horner for the Heart Hustle Award. Mm-hmm. Heart yeah. Hustle. Um, what are the qualities that you see in a player like him that I guess remind you of yourself? Oh, I try not to compare myself to those young guys because <laughs> I guess a young version. Yes. Of you. Well, I did love like the way that he worked consistently, consistent work ethic, no matter what's happening for you on the field is really important. And he had that early on in 19. You know, he came over to spring training uh, We after we had drafted him. And, you know, I got to talk to him a little bit. He he was quiet at the time. But but if you asked him a question, he could expound on it. He wasn't just going to be mute. Uh, he just waited until it was his time to talk. But when he uh, when he talked about things, you could tell he understood different parts of the game. That's hard for a younger player to understand. He understood in this in this moment, this is the decision to make. Like he could logically make the right decisions on the field, but also know himself to know what he needed to work on, what he wanted to get better at, and where he fit. You know, to, to know like, oh, he's not trying to be a power hitter. That's not the kind of hitter he is. He's going to stay inside the ball. He's going to be a great two-strike hitter. Um, and he's going to work into some power. But know that stay within his lane and be the fantastic defender that he always has been. And all that extra, extra about him as a player is going to develop. But you just knew he's going to be a steady, consistent force for whatever team he's involved in at the big league level. I thought one of the key moments for this team in – flipping the page from rebuild, getting rid of guys, getting rid of guys to, okay, we're on the way up, was Nico saying, you can get Dansby Swanson, I'll move to second base. That's the type of thing, like you, willing to play different positions, that he was doing it team first. So I like that part about him. But when I look at this team, I'll admit that I was a quitter. I need your I need your course. I need your course on enjoying the process <laughs> and getting rid of all those things. I need your master class on Saturday. So now I'm buying all in, but I am curious because I don't think the players were any of them on the path that I was. Okay, I watched it and I was like, nah, they're gonna sell. This this is it, this is over. What comes first in a winning franchise for for winners? Teams that are gonna win championships. What comes first? The chicken or the egg? Is it chemistry or is it winning it's you can't pick that's mm-hmm. that's such a hard question you can't pick because they you, the tough they, questions both yeah, yeah that's that's hard a great hitting. they tell us that we both never have to questions. be present that's both true. have to be present <laughs> and the the tricky thing as a player is you have to trick yourself into when you're not winning say we're going to win mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. even though you're feeling like maybe we won't win like no we're going to win and here's how we're going to do it. It's not about the end of the day, what the scoreboard says. It really is about the process. But it's hard to, to not feel that when everybody else is looking at what does the scoreboard say? What do our stats say? What does the standing say? Like this team this year has been able to go from 10 games below to 10 games above after at certain points in the season. That is one of the most difficult things to do in sports because at one point in the season, you're feeling like this is going way in the wrong direction. 
And you got to totally believe that, no, we can turn this around to be where they're at right now. I mean, it's a special team right now because of that, because mm-hmm. that doesn't happen. That That's rare. It's very rare. He mentioned the rebuild, and I guess a two-part question. One, 2021 trade deadline, did it shock you to see all the, the trades and the core get sent out of Chicago? And two... I hear him sighing over here. And two, how, <laughs> how you know, just, just from the outside looking in, were you expecting them to kind of get to this point this fast? Like, did you think Jed and, and the rest of the front office and Ross, like they had it in them to get them back to this position this quickly? Uh, the first part of the question, I was not shocked that they had to sell a few guys. I was shocked that all three of those guys went at the same time, like everybody else. It was like, uh, like gut yeah. punch, right? Yeah. To lose them all at the same time in the middle of a season. Uh, but those guys were bound to make their money on the free agent market. And Chicago, you know, you just knew they, they aren't going to pay everybody. You can't pay everybody. You know, you don't have unlimited resources. And I think the second part of that really just, I mean, I, I just feel like they, you know, that was Jed's first year, right, as mm-hmm. running the helm. And it, in, in a certain way, they had to restock the minor league system and get us back to a, a place where they're at now where guys are coming in the pipeline. Almost guys you're not expecting to come contribute now are contributing quicker. And, you know, the draft picks and all the, everything that adds into that. And there's just a cycle with that. You can't have unlimited minor league guys coming up from the system, stocking the system. They had to have a reset at some point. And it was like a rip the bandaid off moment. It, like yeah. this is probably not going in the right direction, but we have to make a decision. And that's where they had to just, is this, is the right, are the right young guys available to cash in right now? And they did it, even though it's really hard at the major league level to see that a good organization makes tough decisions, you yeah. know, and they, and they own up to it. Mm-hmm. They have to wear it for a period of time and see if it works out. Yeah. And that's what, thankfully it's starting to work out pretty quickly. I want to get to a super chat from Emily. Uh, we're running out of time here with Ben Zobrist, uh, World Series MVP, former Cub. And Emily has a great point here. She says, hey, guys, big fan. I'm a diehard. Thank you. And watch or listen to every show you've ever done. Zoe, how can us fans help support your mission? Oh, that's a great question. Thank you for asking it. Uh, you know, the first the first thing really is uh, being involved uh, in in the organization through the website, we're going to have some tools online. Getting in part of our our online community would be fantastic. We have a podcast that just launched this past week. We've got like these. We've got some in person events. We've also got some online webinars and things like that that we're doing to start to get the word out. But we really just need people to join up with that community and uh, start getting on our email list and the, listening to the podcast and interacting like you guys are doing here. This is fantastic because. You guys get feedback immediately mm-hmm. about what you're doing and and how and whether you're not you're delivering what you really want these people <clears> to have and building this community here. That's what we want to do. We know that in order to actually provide the best resources for young athletes, parents and coaches, we've got to have the best feedback. We need, you know, so we're always going to be about quality over quantity because we know that ultimately the impact that we want to make, the change that we want to make in this in the sports world is going to come from people like you guys having a personal experience and story. And people get interested in my story. Why? Because, yeah, I was helped do something really special in Chicago sports stories. But 
I believe that everybody's story is really, really impactful for everybody around you, right? So that if you start experiencing the game and experiencing it in a new way, in a fresh way, in a healthier way, uh, and thriving in the way that you're doing that, people around you are going to benefit from it. And ultimately, everybody's experience is going to be better. So we just need, need feedback. We need to know, we need you to be a part of what we're doing. So thank you for asking that question. Anytime you want to drop information in our chat or stop by, talk about it for five minutes, an hour, 30 minutes, 10 <laughs> minutes, remote, in person, whatever you want. Yeah. You're always welcome here. This chat and this show are always open to you. Appreciate um, that, guys. I do want to tell you guys about Foco real quick. This, I mean, we get these cool set decorations. Foco's got the best sports gear around, hoodies, shoes, signs, bobbleheads, everything in between. Uh, Aloha shirts for Ryan, straw shirts, polos, bags, everything you need. The set decorations, go to Foco.com or click the link in the description below. For all non-presale items, use the promo code CHGO for 10% off. And then go get yourself some sunglasses. Yeah, I got to tell you about Shady Race, Ben. Take on the sun with gear built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered for the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades at an affordable price. Shady Rays is an independent sunglass company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn. Durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. That's what you get with Shady Rays. And that's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they told us they will send you a brand new pair. No questions asked. Wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after you purchase. Together with their customers, Shady Rays is providing much-needed support to nonprofit partners across the U.S. through Shady Rays Impact. From building play sets for pediatric cancer patients to providing young adults with MS, the outdoor adventure of a lifetime, Shady Rays is making an impact in your community and others like it now and for years to come. If you don't like your Shady Rays, exchange for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop. Their team always has your back and exclusively for our listeners and Ben Zobrist. Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code CHGO for 50% off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. Yeah. I need me some shady that rays. That's right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I think I can drop them while you're fishing. I'm they give you a new pair. He's in. All right. He's we have in. one more very important super chat from Braggs in the stands. Who's literally the, sitting he's literally sitting right there. $10. And even our own, our own co-worker gave us $10. He says, nice does Ben have a Bears camp story from Olivet Nazarene? And does he hate Green Bay? <laughs> uh, you know what? I... When we when we were when Olivet had the Bears camp, uh, it was so new at the time, and I was so busy with baseball, I couldn't. I wasn't around. I was doing other things, playing baseball when they were doing that, because that was before the actual school year started. So I was, I didn't actually get to go to camp, unfortunately, while it was there. But the answer to the Green Bay is yes. I hate the Green Bay Packers. Oh, wow. There we go. That's what, what a way to end about. it. Beautiful. This is my favorite part of the podcast. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Throw it to, throw it to him. Oh, what sweet. do we got here? Oh, yeah. oh little free merch. Yeah. Little, little, oh, little nice. dope merch from our locker. <laughs> there we go. Uh, wear that with pride. I was going to say, I'm surprised we haven't we've gotten this far on the show and Cody hasn't asked about striking out Yadier Molina. I, I, someone <laughs> left a comment about it, and I was literally about to bring there it up right now. All right, we got to get him go. out of here, but go I, real quick. Ask him about Yadier Molina. I just, okay. Obviously, this is a Cubs podcast. I hate the Cardinals. I know you grew up in Eureka and you're a Cardinals fan. I hate the Cardinals, and I loathe Yadier Molina, all right? When you struck out Yadier Molina in, in a very, like, heartbreaking end of 2019, 
it salvaged something for me. All right. <laughs> what was it like for you doing that? And then also like, you know, was like, what was it like being a, you know, a position player pitching in, in that moment? Oh, it was, it was so fun. I mean, obviously <laughs> it wasn't a fun part of the season for us because they were making the playoffs. We weren't right. But I knew I was like, okay, I've never done this on a base. It had been, I pitched in college and between the time I was, in college baseball pitching and the time that I actually pitched in a competitive game against future Hall of Famer Yadier Molina was 16 years. I mean, literally kids were driving cars that hadn't been born yet the previous time I had pitched. So, yeah, I was like, okay, can I still do this? And I knew I had a few pitches in my bag, but like... In his like, bag. I mean, against, against guys like Paul Goldschmidt, Dexter, Yadi, I mean, Ozuna at the time, like... I don't know, like, well, let's see how this goes. And thankfully, I got to, you know, two outs with men on, you know, first and second before Yachty came up. But, you know, I, Yachty is a, one of the guys that's one of the hardest people to strike out. For the guys that pitched against him, he was difficult strikeout. So I wasn't thinking about striking him out. <laughs> the key was blowing, you know, it, it was throwing below the hitting speed, I think the key. And then ultimately, I, I just pulled this out. I think the weight of my ring was oh, probably... Oh, there it is. You know, oh, so the ball God. just dropped, you know, a little yeah. bit below the zone. He swung through it. It was so fun, though. It was <laughs> it was fun to see his reaction. You know, yeah. like he's like hands on the hips, like you got to be kidding me. I won't lie. It's my favorite part of his career. <laughs> <laughs> we got time for one more. I got one more for oh. you. I mentioned, you know, what drew you to that going into 16 Cubs team. Take this 2023 team and plop it into 15. You're in December 2015. If this is that season's team. Is that a team that you would think about signing with? Yeah, 100%. And, and I think the reason would have to do with the personnel that, that are in place, uh, the, the feel of the, the organization is really important too, uh, but it's also the whole experience. You know, as a player, as a, as a free agent, when you go into free agency, you're looking at uh, – is this a pot? Is there a possibility to win? Because I really want to win. But you're also looking at what's the atmosphere for everybody involved, my family, all this. And then you're going, is this a place that I could see myself making not just a home, but but making an impact, right? And Chicago provides one of the best quality uh, experiences for a free agent when they show you everything. And now the way that the Ricketts family has built everything up around there and, and the marketability of players in, in a city like Chicago, it's one of the most desirable places to, to potentially sign for anybody, even when they're not winning. But when you have a young team like this that has shown that they can win, this free agent uh, opportunity for any, any guys that are out there, I mean, it's a big year. It's a big year because they could go to the next level with some, some potential guys. Ben's over to the 2024 Cubs confirmed. Clip it and send it to Otani immediately. <laughs> and, Co and Cody Bellinger while and you're Cody at it, please. Bellinger, yeah. uh, hey, you talk about doing things in the community afterwards. Champion Ford is his nonprofit, Ben Zobris. Live Masters class coming up Saturday, this Saturday at the Jason Hayward uh, complex? I don't, I don't know what he calls it's it. It's Intentional Sports Facility. Intentional Sports Jason Facility. Hayward's Baseball Com Academy is there. Yeah. What is the website if people want to go and, and get involved in this? That's a good... <laughs> That's a good. I'm not great with all the website stuff. 
Champion, champion forward. Yeah, Instagram. just go to our Instagram, Instagram. Champion Forward Instagram. That's where all the details will be. Uh, For sure. Boom. Absolutely. Perfect. Oh, awesome. One more thing. <laughs> this is more of a request. He's trying to get all out right. of here. Oh my gosh. All right. <laughs> Tomorrow you're throwing out the first pitch, right? And yeah. eventually during the game, they are going to put you up on the video board. I am requesting that you chug a beer bat at Wrigley <laughs> when they do that. I, Cody chugs, I, a, I Cody chugs a beer after you know, every win. You know, uh, I'm just not so sure if I want to work with youth, that that might be the best image I want to put out. Fair. You know, but yeah, before, you, before yeah, an event, right? True, it's like, hey, I'm going to go talk to your kids and let's <laughs> enjoy a, a nice beer bat. I don't know if that's the best that's, thing. That, you that's do. fair. But that seems fair. fair. Especially know, after fair. yesterday, as our guy Clayton mentioned in the yeah. chat. Yeah. Uh, Got away from a little bit. Another Cody, super Cody, chat. Cody, What's up, Zerilla, <laughs> our hometown hero? <laughs> uh, someone from Eureka, Clayton Stoker. Stoker? What's Stoker? up, Clayton? Wanted to, know, wanted to know if you would do that. What did you think of the beer bat chug from yesterday, we'll, Cody? We'll show it, we'll I, show it. We'll show it to you. I've got to right. after him. Unfortunately, a little too we cold. will show you. We'll a little too after. cold. <laughs> yeah. Thanks to Ben Zobrist. Uh, we greatly appreciate all the time and beyond that you went on this podcast today. Uh, welcome anytime. Anything we can do to help out the nonprofit, please let us know. And please come back sometime. Thank you. Yes. Or shout really out fun. to us. It's been really fun. Thank you so much, though. Appreciate hey, it. Hey, we'll see you guys back here after the Cubs game tonight for an hour-long post-game podcast. Until then, fly the W.